everyone. Welcome back to the Freedom Podcast. And we are very excited. Lexi and I have a very special guest today, Allison Fahrenbach. And she and I originally competed in 2017 together at the Yorton Cup. So as you, if you have been listening to our podcast, we actually had another guest on, Brittany. I competed with her at the WMBF World um, Competition. Allie and I competed together a couple weeks before at the Yorton Cup, which is just crazy how God works. And anyways, it's it's nuts. So today we have Allie on and we're really excited to be jumping into uh, her background, her testimony. She has a very unique perspective. I just love what she posts on social media and what she shares about her own journey, but also our identity and having been in the fitness industry for so many years and how God has really worked on her heart. I'm just interested um, not only for our listeners to hear, but also for me personally, because she has many more years of experience even than we have in the fitness industry and just garnering. I think you have a lot of wisdom to share and just how your perspective has changed. So a little bit about you, go ahead and tell, tell our audience just uh, anything about kind of with what you do with work and fitness industry and how you first kind of got started in bodybuilding and, um, and maybe some pivotal moments of transformation in your own walk with God. Oh, that's a lot. Um, yeah. So let me start. Uh, so, or all. I know I just threw a lot <laughs> at you. Um, yeah. So my name is Allie. Um, I am a certified health coach in FDNP, and I am the owner of Revive Wellness, which is an online um, health coaching company business. Um, so I'm a coach, and I've been a coach for 16 years. Um, online since before it was a thing. I've rebranded like four or five times, but I've been a coach <laughs> for 16 years. Um, awesome. Let's see. I'm married. Um, I live in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I have four dogs, um, and I have been bodybuilding for 19 years now. So wow. competing for 19 years. So I did my first show when I was 20. I'm, I will be literally be 39 on Saturday. Happy so, birthday. Yeah. Thank happy you. Birthday. Um, I feel like a little bit of an OG when it comes to bodybuilding. Cause like, I remember doing figure when there was a one piece, like I did figure when there was, a one yeah. Piece. Um, I've done 30 shows in the 19 years that I've been competing. Um, I competed for eight years in the NPC before I switched to the natural federations. I got my pro card in 2015. I did my pro debut in 2016. And then I competed as a pro from 2016 through 2019. Wow. Wow. You are yeah. an OG. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, the OG. So yeah. Old that I'm like, dude, my first year competitions, I have a one piece on. That is how old I am. <laughs> so, well, yeah. I think it's crazy though, because I would say, like, people like my age or maybe even younger who'd be like, oh, I've been in this industry for so long and it's like seven, eight, nine years or whatever. No. And I'm like, really, like, when you think about it, you've seen probably 10 times the amount of change in the industry that than we've seen. And I'm, I'm not in bodybuilding or anything, but I used to be in powerlifting and um, Olympic weightlifting. So it's just crazy. Like you're someone who probably has seen every trend has heard every lie, you know, in the fitness industry, which there's so many, but like, I think 
you know, to know people who are actually reputable and who've been in this industry for so long, you've seen all the ebbs and flows and the changes and, you know, to still be in it and still be passionate about it is, is so cool to see. And obviously your knowledge like goes probably way further than anyone who's only been in this industry. And they think it's been a long time after, you know, 10 years when in reality, like there's so much that has changed. Um, so that, I think that that's, is- that's super, super cool. Thank you. Yeah, that's yeah. um and as far as my my background with um with my faith and with God, so I and I was telling um you guys, you know, even before we got on here, so I was raised in the church. So my parents were Christians, my family is Christian. I went to church every Sunday, I went to vacation Bible school, I went to Sunday school, you know, we did the church ham and egg suppers, you know, we volunteered, we did all the things. And so I would never ha- like, had you stopped me at any point in my life and asked me if I believed in God and if I believed in Jesus, I would have always said yes. So there was never a point in my life when I didn't, but that doesn't, like, I think in hindsight, looking back at that time, I thought that that was all I needed to do was go to church, say, I believed in Jesus and check my boxes, sing my hymns, say my prayers you know, not steal anything, not lie, not cheat, you know, and I would, you know, I was covered, right? I was mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't really have a, a personal relationship with God for the yeah. majority of my life. I did not have a, like any kind of personal connection. I didn't read my Bible. I didn't do much outside of church. You know, it just, it just wasn't a part of my life. And that started to shift for me when I was actually in high school. So my high school did not have a cross country team and I ran track and this army brat moved and he had two sons and they moved into our school district and his sons ran cross country and there was no cross country team. So he started a cross country team. He also happened to be a pastor and he came to the track and field um, practice to recruit for cross country. And I was like, sure, why not? Like I can stay in shape for track and field and run cross country in the fall. And he would always invite the entire team to his church. And one weekend I went and it was a totally different church experience than my family's church experience. So there was a band. You wore jeans and like a t-shirt. They had like it was just so relaxed. It was not uptight. Mm-hmm. There was no organ. There was no. So yeah. for a girl who's 15, 16, I was like, what is this? Yeah. Like, What's this the, is- I, I'm curious. What did you grow up in a certain denomination with your family? Like, were you attending oh, a certain type of church? Yeah. Or- oh, I'm trying to even think what it was. I can't even remember. Yeah. It was Freedens. Was it Lutheran? I'm like, I, I can't even Lutheran. That would be crazy. We yeah, have so many similarities. <laughs> like, Lutheran is like sticking in my mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom's background is Quaker. My dad's was Moravian. Okay. Um, but you know, it was your typical traditional yeah. church. Okay. Yeah. Like organ. There was an mm-hmm. organ. There was a choir. It was very like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for a young teenage girl, it was dry. It was like, this is not like, light me up. Um, and you know, I'm sure Katie too, because you're working with youth right now, but you have to approach youth in a, in a very different sort of way. 
And so this was the first time I had ever been exposed to this. And it was the first time where I ever, I mean, when he preached, it was like, he didn't just talk, he moved around, like he would walk throughout the, and he talked all the time about a relationship with God. And I was always mm. like, what is this about? And then yeah. he would also have these um, team bonding activities at his house and we would all get together and his wife would cook food and everything. And we would pray before we ate and we would watch like Christian. And so I was just exposed. I was exposed to Christian music. I was, you know, I was listening to Zoe girl and I was listening to yes. like, <laughs> all the old people. I was listening to like Toby Mac and, and, yeah. Like, yeah. and I started realizing that like faith was and, and, and God was not just reserved for Sundays. Mm. And I would say that I definitely had this huge surge of faith probably mm. the last couple of years of like high school. My boyfriend at the time, I was with somebody, he, we were together for like five years. We were waiting. Like I thought I was going to marry him. Wow. You know, we were waiting for each other. And then I went to college. Mm. And <laughs> it was the first time that I just had yeah. been exposed to so much like mm. I mean, I rem so I, I went to college and I ran track and field and I ran cross country. And what was the one of the first parties I went to was the track and field Pib and Ho party and like just the drinking and it was, you know, I probably didn't drink and I tried really hard. And then it was like, I don't even remember what happened. It just, I stopped trying. And so then it was like, I was drinking and I was partying and the more I did that, it wasn't that I stopped believing in God. It's just that things just kind of, you know, I yeah. feel like, I feel like your walk with God ebbs and flows throughout life. And sometimes mm -hmm. you're really close and sometimes you're not so close. Mm -hmm. Not yeah. because he's moved, but because you've moved. Right. But yeah. I had moved and I had shifted right. and I broke up with the guy that I was with. You know, I was just, I was bored. I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to, he wanted to get married. I was like, I'm 20. 20. I want to have fun. I don't want anything to do with yeah. this. And I just started like drifting. I just started mm -hmm. drifting. Um, ironically, bodybuilding is pretty much what pulled me out of the party scene so much because mm -hmm. can't drink while you're in prep. Right. right. Um, when did just, you first find out about bodybuilding? I mean, cause back then yeah. that was, it was more it was unusual. Like yeah. Yeah. So I stopped running cross country after my freshman year. Um, I was exhausted with it. And that mm. was a, just a separate, you know, I was running cross country. I was running track and field. I was going mm -hmm. to school. I was working. It was way too much. I stopped mm -hmm. doing cross country. And so I started going to the gym at Millersville, which is where I went to just lift and stay in shape. And I was getting really into it. And I eventually got a membership at a local LA fitness and this local bodybuilder, Mark Hazel. And not that he would ever listen to this, but if he is ever listening to this, this guy still, I love him to death. He comes up to me and he's like, do you compete? And I was like, Oh, I run cross country. <laughs> I had no idea what he was talking about. And he's like, no, like you look like you compete in figure. And I'm like, what's figure? And so he's explaining it to me and I'm like, wait a minute, like get on stage in a bathing suit. So it's like a pageant. And he's like, I literally was clueless. And he was like, no, you got to diet and you got to prep and like, you should do it. Like you have the structure for it. And I was like, okay, sure. Like, why not? Had no idea what I was getting into. 
Um, and he helped me with my first prep. Like he gave me my first diet. My very first show was this like podunk NABA show mm-hmm. in some like rinky-dink high school. But I totally fell in love with it. Like I was 20 years old. I just, I loved the process. I loved, I loved the transactional nature. If you do X, Y, and Z, you will get this return mm-hmm. on your like mm-hmm. I like knowing, and I'm a, a little bit of a control freak, which I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit later. And um, I liked the control. I liked mm-hmm. knowing that if I did these things, I could control exactly how my body looked. It was mm-hmm. very satisfying for me. So I really got into bodybuilding. Um, and that's kind of what started that whole thing. And I was still very far away from God, like as this, this was simultaneously happening. You know, I graduated college. I you know, got my first job, still out drinking when I wasn't like prepping, still, Mm -hmm. you know, just not walking with God at all. Um, And then I would say it was probably, it probably wasn't until hmm, I had a really bad relationship with the, there was this guy that I started dating in college. Um, We were engaged. We lived together before we were married. He cheated on me like numerous, numerous times. Mm. And somewhere in that really bad relationship, I just remember like having this moment where I was like, how did I get here? Like, how did I get this point to this point? Like what happened that got me like just so far from like who I was as a, as a girl? I just remember being like, I'm in this relationship and it's miserable. And I remember... I remember praying for one of like the first times and I was just like, God, you need like change something in my life. And I am not lying to you. (laughs) Literally two days later, I came home and the guy that I was with was moving out. He Mm. totally left me. He took everything except the apartment that we or the house that we were in, which we owned together. I'm not, this is not a joke. I had my Pomeranian and the TV plugged into the wall and he took everything. And I had absolutely no idea what I was going to do with myself, but that was God's answer. Like Mm. get this guy out of her life, like just get it out. And from there I started like actually praying again. And I didn't like, you know, reach into my Bible or anything, but I remember buying a Joyce Mayer like devotional. And I just, and it was like this, I slowly started, Mm letting him back in and it's amazing mm-hmm. to me how he like pursues you like that mm-hmm. um wow. and so I'm still competing you know mm-hmm. um in there I met my husband he and I were actually friends before um before we started dating so we were already friends and then we never even it was never even an official thing like we literally just started hanging out more when I was single than mm-hmm. Did, you know, before, and then all of a sudden it was just like, we're together. Like we yeah. knew we were together. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was with him. And even though Randy was not a Christian, he was always still one of the most upright, like good, like just wholesome. Like he has, she just has so much integrity and just mm-hmm. being around him made me want to be better. Like mm-hmm. he made like, He's the reason I quit drinking. Um, So his dad was an alcoholic and Randy does not do drinking. He gets very uncomfortable around alcohol. And so I was, I think it was 2011. I was like, I'm done drinking. I have not had a drink since 
2011. Um, wow. And that so like that was another huge shift and i still see that as god's hand like still so sure. using somebody yeah. else bringing somebody else into my life and using it to sanctify me and start to bring me closer to him like walked away from drinking um you know and obviously i'm still competing so at the time i was in the npc um and i was i was really serious about it it was my like dream to get my ifbb pro and so I was doing two, three, four shows a year because at that time, figure was huge. And so mm-hmm. to stand out in these classes in the NPC yeah. that were like 20, 30 deep, and they were only giving a pro card to the overall, because at that yeah. time you didn't get pro cards right. for every like, class winner. Right. I had mm-hmm. to just showing up, keep showing up, keep showing up, keep showing up. So mm-hmm. I was just like, I mean, it was my, it was my life. Like if yeah. I'm honest and that's when well, I remember that. too, just to add this in, like when I first started competing in the NPC, which would have been like almost 10 years ago, they said that specifically, like they said, if you want to be seen, you yep. need to compete in as many shows as you possibly can, because you want to catch the eye of the judge of this judge and then go to his posing clinic and then do this. So you sort of like get all of a sudden, in this whole like whirlwind of competing. And before you know it, all you're thinking about is like, okay, spring shows. And then the summer, I'm going to take a little bit of an off season and then fall shows and then get ready for the spring. So it like all of a sudden becomes your life before you even know it. At least that's how I found myself just, and they do that on purpose, I think, to try to get you in that perpetual cycle of just competing and then short off season competing. And they're, you know, getting tons of money from all those entry fees. And you're so right. And then you're getting noticed by these judges and then they have photo shoots and they have. Yep. Yep. And I was young. I was in my twenties and I was, you know, everybody, you know, so many of my friends around me were getting married and having kids and Mm -hmm. I was not. Um, And even though Randy and I were together, Randy's parents had had a really, really ugly divorce. And at the time he was very put off from getting married. He and I have definitely had our rocky patches. And so we were still together, but it was, it was, it was rough because I Mm. wanted to get married and he did not. He was Mm. like not Mm. ready to be married. So I was like, I was angry about that. I didn't have, you know, I didn't have kids. I didn't have anything else really. So I was, my head, my whole head was just in bodybuilding and I guess it was 20, I'm like even trying to think, this was like so long ago, 20, 2011. 2011, I won my class at the IFBB North Americans. And I missed my pro card in the overall. I was second overall. I missed it to Essence Monet. I don't know where she is now, but that's the girl. <laughs> I will never I'm forget. Coming for you, Essence. <laughs> and, um... I went down, I literally like spent every last dollar I had, sent myself to Miami for nationals, which was right after North Americans. There mm. were 54 girls, 54 girls in my class, just my class. I was third. Wow. They gave a pro card to the top two. So I missed it again. And like, I kept narrowing, like just missing it, like very narrowly. And the more I missed it, the more like miserable I got. I was just, I was miserable. I was miserable with my relationship. Again, I was miserable with myself. Like the whole thing was, I was just the miserable all the way around. And I got this email from a judge after nationals 
as feedback. And he said, and I like, I still remember just sitting there and I just broke out bawling when I got this, but he was just like, Allison, you have a great physique, but the problems with your physique are the problems that are inherent in all natural physiques. You would be really well Mm -hmm. advised to do a cycle of, and he literally recommended like drugs to me. And I sat there and I just started bawling because I was like, wow. I was like, this is my dream. This is like my life dream. I don't have anything else. And now you're telling me that the only way I'm going to achieve this is if I take drugs. And I was literally like 20, you know, eight or something. Like I was, I was young and I walked away from competing. Um, You know, I felt like that was, I just felt like, again, in hindsight, that was just another moment where God was just like, this is not the place for you. And so I left the MPC and I had absolutely no intention of going back and I never did go back. Um, Meanwhile, Randy and I got married in 2014. And then in 2015, I was talking to Anthony Primo. I don't Primola. I don't know if anybody, if you know him, Katie, I think he he might, he was a judge at the Yorton. Okay. Um, I know that name. He's a really good looking bald dude. He's very attractive. (laughs) Um, But, um, he, he'd been a friend of mine for years and he was like, why don't you compete naturally? Like you would love it. He's like, it's a totally different thing than the NPC. And I was like, I didn't even know this was a thing really. So yeah. I started searching like natural federations and I found the OCB and I did the OCB show in Maryland yeah. presidential cup. Mm. I was second in my class. I went to Jersey. I think it was like two or three weeks later um, to do Joe Franco's Battle of the Belt, mm-hmm. and I won my pro card. And I felt like I just, I felt great in the Natural Federations. I just mm-hmm. did. I felt phenomenal. It felt totally different than the NPC. Mm-hmm. Caddy, it wasn't yeah. half as political. It wasn't the camaraderie and the support and the energy. And it was phenomenal to step on stage and know that I was not like the only natural athlete. Like right. I just feel so like out of place. Yeah. So that was just, you know, phenomenal. And I think it was after I got my pro card, though, I started getting gut issues. I started getting sick Um, and I couldn't really figure out what was going wrong with me. And I was in and out of doctor's offices and I was going to see a lot of gastroenterologists and it was like, oh, you have IBS. And they were like, here's a medication and you can take this. And I was like, but why do I have IBS? Like, why mm. is my bowel irritable? Like, why do I need a medication? Mm. And, you know, I just, I started really struggling with my health. And so mm. obviously if my health was struggling, my appearance was struggling. My physique mm-hmm. was struggling. Well, my whole worth was in my physique. Yeah. Yeah. Everything that I thought I was was how I looked. Even though I had gotten married, I hadn't really stepped into my role as a wife. Yeah. It still hadn't been a focus of mine. Mm. Like, even though I had had a closer relationship with God, I still wasn't reading the Bible. I still wasn't going to church. I still like, there was still, and so I feel like in hindsight now, and I still say this to this day, every single time I have had health problems, I almost always see it as God trying to get my attention. Mm. And that so, is so good. So I just good. I felt yeah. like mm-hmm. I know that this sounds almost like I'm making God to be cruel, and I'm not when I say this, but right. like I feel like He was allowing me to be sick because the idol in my life was based on how I looked. 
And the only way that I was ever going to be able to not have it be an idol was for him to just take it and say, this is like you, you know, and sometimes I feel like he's got to bring you to your knees. I mean, in order for you to truly surrender and truly submit and truly look up and Mm -hmm. be like, I need you. I am nothing without you. I can't do this without you. Like Mm -hmm. you have to just be brought to this point. And so for me, it was my health issues. Mm -hmm. I started having all these gut problems. I really wanted to compete as a pro, but I was like, I was so sick. I was Mm -hmm. just so sick. And that's when I started really turning to God again. And, you know, by his grace and by his glory, I did get on stage in 2016 um, and I won my pro debut. And at that point, I was definitely, I was, I had a walk with him. I was Mm -hmm. praying. I was in a relationship with him. I had joined a Bible study group online. And so I was, for the first time in my life, I was actually reading the Bible. Like Mm -hmm. there's a shocker, but I think it's Mm -hmm. something like 48% of people who identify as Christian don't even read their Bible. And that was me for the majority of my life. But so I was, I mean, I was really reading it. I was like hungry for it. And so I was in a really good place in 2016. But then I won my pro debut and I qualified for Worlds. And all of a sudden I was like, like all I wanted to do was step on stage as a pro. I had no expectations for that show. Cliff was my coach at the time. And he was like, you qualified for Worlds. Like, okay, so Worlds is you know, Worlds is in November and, th- and and he starts making this plan and I'm like, oh my God, now I'm going to Worlds. And I literally, <laughs> you know, it felt like, it felt like a lot. It felt yeah. like a lot. But so I went to Worlds and I, I was third and I was thrilled with that because it was like, it was Worlds. Like I was yeah. like, I'm totally cool with third. It's like, this yeah. is, this is way more competition than I'd ever. And then there was all of a sudden this pressure. Mm. Like I remember placing third and having a lot of the judges come to me and they were like, Oh my God, you look phenomenal. And like, Oh, when you come back next year and when you do this and you know, Cliff was putting my pictures everywhere and he was like, Oh, you know, Allie's this figure girl I work with and this is what she looks like. And all, and it was just, all of a sudden I started going right back into that spot where all I thought about was bodybuilding. And it was, and so I did not take any time off. 2017, here we go again. And I did the Battle of the Belts in New Jersey as a pro and I won it there. And then I went to the Yorton and I did that. And then I went to IPE Worlds after that and I competed again. And it was like, I was in this, like, I would, you know, here I go again. And what happened after that? I got sick all over again. I started having problems. This time I had hormone problems. Mm. Like I lost my period. And when I say I lost it, I mean, I lost it for years, just years. And I, again, it just, it, it was, I felt, I feel like it was just God. Mm. And somewhere in 2018, Randy and I also started really struggling. Mm. And I think a lot of it has to do with, at the time I would have just blamed him, but in hindsight, I was not fulfilling my role as a wife either. I hadn't really stepped into it. I was still just competing and just doing what I wanted to do and like kind of just you know, along for the ride. Right. I'm saying I never asked him. I was just like, oh, I'm doing this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just started praying like over and over and over and over and over about my relationship 
with Randy and my health. And very slowly, both things started to to change. And I feel like that was just, again, God working in my life. Um, and then in 2019, I decided to compete against my better judgment. And that I think was the biggest shift of all for me. So I competed in 2019 and it was not a good, it was just not good. I didn't feel good doing it. My body didn't feel good doing it. Um, I got COVID right after. So I've got, I did my show in November of 2019, right? And it was like January of 2020 where like the mm. COVID thing was all over the place. Right. Well, my immune system was shot because I was so, I mean, and I was so over dieted at that point. It was just like my body had had it. It was my guts were wrecked. Like my heart. I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. It was. Yeah. Yeah, I know how hard it was on my body doing that one season where, because like competing on the pro stage, it's like you literally have to have no fat on your body. Like, yes. So the level of dieting and the level of leanness you have to achieve is just like it, I, it is unfathomable to a, like, even to my off season view of things. I'm like, oh, I'm pretty lean. And then I look at photos of my, you know what I'm saying? Like, you mm -hmm. have to just get to this and it is insane. Like it is. So I can't even imagine because I competed one season, let alone yeah. then jumping into that again and competing and just what that probably did to also your mental state. I'm sure too. Cause it's it was very I did like, I'm not lying, Katie. I still don't see myself properly mm -hmm. from all of that. Like I think once you see yourself that shredded, yeah. the, <sighs> Yeah. You never look at yourself like the same again. And I'm right. sure like we'll get into this, like, you know, in, in the way of like how my views have shifted on bodybuilding, but yeah, you know, I got COVID, I got really sick. Um, and then I had a whole, a whole slew of like gut problems all over again. So I had, um, several gut infections that, I mean, rendered me to the point where like I was in so much pain that I could like barely just step into my life. It, I mean, it was, I went through some really dark, really dark periods and I'm it just in hindsight, I just, I can't express how grateful I am for it though, because for starters, it really taught me to depend on God more than anything else. Even though I had been sick before and I had depended on him, I was still Googling and seeing doctors and doing all the things. And after I got started getting sick again in 2019, and when I say got sick, it was like, it would come and, you know, it would like come and go and come and go. Mm -hmm. But I prayed through it more than anything else. I like prayed to be led mm -hmm. to the right decisions. I was like, lead me to the right people to help me, help mm -hmm. me make the right decisions. Mm -hmm. Like help me to trust you and to just trust that whatever I'm walking through, you're going through it with me. Mm -hmm. Um, and then side by side with that, I was also praying for my marriage because mm -hmm. like I said, Randy was not a Christian. He was not raised a Christian and I did not marry him a Christian. And I'm not going to try to not get emotional, but like he is a Christian now and mm -hmm. that is God. Like yeah. I watched him be saved and like 
it's just the most amazing thing. I'm sorry. Like you see that. I see that. How can anybody see there's no God? Like, you know, so he saved my marriage, you know, because I was at a point where he and I were so disconnected because my faith was growing. He was just just, just stuck. Like, and we didn't have that connection. And I really feel for women who come to Christ after they're married Mm. Because if their husband isn't a believer, it causes this huge like mm-hmm. rift in your relationship mm-hmm. because you're changing, right? God's changing you from the inside out, but your spouse is not. And right. that is so hard. And I, you know, I just, I should be, it's something that I'm thinking about, like some way to talk to women who are in that boat, because mm-hmm. I was in this position where I was just like, did I marry the wrong person? Like, mm-hmm. am I supposed to be here? Am I unevenly yoked? Am I good? Like, mm-hmm. how do I love my husband? How do I do this? How do I be a good wife when we are just so like yeah. disconnected like this? And I forget what the name of the book is now of all things. Um, but I think it's like spiritual mismatch or something that I read mm-hmm. and Lee Strobel and somebody else. But um, they talk about just praying, like literally like, surrendering your spouse to God over and over and over and over and over and over. And I did and, and not pushing and just being encouraging. And so it started with stuff as simple as I just asked if we could pray before we ate dinner. And he was like, okay. And then one night I was like, do you want to say prayers? And so he would. And then it was like, do you want to go to church? And so we went and now all of a sudden it's, he's reading his Bible. And, you know, and so it's just like little steps like that. But so that was a huge catalyst for me because for the first time I actually felt like we were on the same page. I felt like it became very important to me to be a godly wife. And so all of a sudden I had something else that was important to me other than just bodybuilding. Mm -hmm. Being his wife, being a good wife, understanding my role as a wife, understanding what that looks like in terms of being a Christian. Um, learning how to really love your spouse and really love Randy the way God wants me to love him and not just when it's convenient for me or when he does what I want him to do, but understanding what that type of relation, like marriage sanctified me so much. You know, I think marriage is one of the most- I can relate. (laughs) Yes, is one of the most humbling and sanctifying processes like I've Mm -hmm. ever been through. Yeah. People who are married for 50 years- we give them a card and say like, happy 50th anniversary, throw them a parade. Like that is it just, because it takes so much, um, you know, work, but I, I just, it's also the most amazing experience ever. And I love my husband's death and I wouldn't trade it for anything, but I was really being sanctified through that. And I was really starting to try to pay attention and step into my role as a wife simultaneously, I was starting to really do a lot of work on my body image issues and disconnecting my worth from my weight and how my body looked because my body was really sick and I needed to pay attention to how to heal it. And in order to really heal it, I had to stop worrying about how it looked Mm. all the time. I had to stop trying to keep myself at this unattainable level of like leanness year round. Right. I had to stop thinking that anything other than a glute striation was body fat. 
Like it just, my, my mind was like so skewed. And the more I prayed and the more work I did on that, um, and I threw, I've compared to who by Heather Creekmore, if anybody's listening to this is a phenomenal book about body image, um, breaking up with perfect. I think that's Amy Carroll was another one I read. Um, you know, the need for control and to be mm. perfect and look and all those things. It was another phenomenal yeah. one. And the more I did that, the more I sort of stepped back from bodybuilding and I realized that like I was not seeing it the same at all. I have not competed since 2019. And whenever anybody asks me, I always say, I don't know. And I genuinely mean that. I don't know. I don't know if I will ever want, not only if I will ever want to, but if God will ever put it in my path. I think that's the most important thing. I never paused once in my life to say, to pray, to ask and say, God, is this even where you want me to be? Is this even what I should be doing? You know? And so the more I just like, you know, prayed and worked on myself, the more I realized like the bodybuilding thing, it's just, mm. and then because I'd had so many health issues, I actually really felt led to go back to school. And in 2020, I went back to school. I went to the Institute for Integrative Nutrition in New York and I graduated. And then I sat for my boards and I got my board certification as a integrative health coach. Then I went back to school again um, to the Functional Diagnostic School of Nutrition and got my FDNP. And the reason I did that is because I really want, I, I have just become so passionate about health and particularly health with other athletic women, because I think so often we compromise our health for how we look. Right. Right. Like we don't, we, you know, even a lot of other Christian athletes, it's like, Oh, take care of your body. Your body is the temple. And you know, the people vomit that verse all over the place. And I'm like, you're not taking care of your temple though. Mm -hmm. You're running it into the ground. Right. You're like, you're beating it up. Yeah. And I think that there's, there's thing. like yeah, go ex- ahead. there's like extremes too because it's like okay you can be super into like lifting bodybuilding and people are like oh that's such an extreme like you're getting so lean and all that stuff but then there's extremes the other way of like where we're just abusing our body and not nourishing it taking care of it understanding like not supporting your hormones or losing your period or things like that that like you know as women we're naturally supposed to have and especially too when you think about you know, having children. And even when you're going to perimenopause, menopause, like if you're not supporting that stuff, like you're not stewarding your body well. So there's two extremes for sure, because I always laugh when people are like, I remember when I was getting ready for powerlifting competitions, I always took it really seriously. So I was dieting hard, doing all those things. And like, you know, people are like, oh, you're crazy. You're so extreme. But then on the other end, no one blinked an eye when I was like going out every single weekend, you know, just getting smashed like in yep. college and stuff. And no one told me like, that's not healthy either. And then I wondered why I lost my period in college when I was partying 24 seven, eating junk food every weekend, then starving myself during the week. Like, you know, those two extremes, like it's finding that like balance and that healthy, like, okay, God, like, where do you have me? And how can I balance just like healthy living and healthy lifestyle? And 
Um, I think it's going to look different for everyone, but it's cool hearing from both of you guys, because obviously Katie, I've known you for a long time and like seeing you at your leanest, anytime you post pictures now, like I, then, because I watched your whole prep. So I knew I, I saw the process. I was like, she looks so good. And not that you didn't, obviously you're doing it for your sport, but now, like when you repost them, seeing you now, and then when we met in person, I think you had just, you had come out of your competition and you were gaining weight, like just getting healthy again. And I'm like, I could literally never imagine like seeing you like that, like, you know, or I like, cause I don't understand because I obviously have right. never competed in that sport. And, that's but even, even just active when you step no, away it's from insane. Like, but then it your is, mind, your mind has tricks on you. Oh my gosh. I, I look at pictures of myself now same. in 2019 yeah. and I was, I was over diet and I was sick too. So I will leave that there. Yeah. But mm. I remember, I like, I remember getting ready for that show and being like, I'm so fat. I still have this to lose. And like, I look at the pictures now and I'm like, girl, you need a burger. I'm like, yeah. you don't even, I didn't even not even look yeah. good. And yeah. I just, I think for me, I recognize that bodybuilding is an idol for me. It has the, mm-hmm. it has, cause people will say, oh, you can be a Christian and you can be a bodybuilder. 1000%. Maybe not this Christian. Right. Because I think we all have our things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And for me, bodybuilding is a, it is such a slippery slope. It is very easy for me to lose sight of what matters most in life. And it, unfortunately, because I have been doing it for so long in my life, it tends to become, I will identify with that instead of being his. I become, I'm a figure competitor. No, you're God's. I am his daughter and I belong to mm-hmm. him. And so I forget that when I get my head into competing. And so right. I don't know if I will ever do it again, because I just don't know that it's, I don't know that it's the place that God wants me to be. And I don't know if I can do it in a way that truly glorifies him and isn't about myself. Yeah. yeah. And I just, mm-hmm. that's just me being honest. It's a, it's a beautiful sport. I will always lift. I will Mm -hmm. always train. I love training. Mm -hmm. I love the process. I still call myself a bodybuilder because I don't think that ever, I've been doing it since I was 20. It's not ever going to leave me. I still prep my food whole nine yards. Right. But I don't think the process of being on stage, I think it's selfish. I don't think it point, it always points to God, even as, even as much as we try to make it point to God, you know, I posed to Christian songs. I did my tea walk to Christian songs. I wanted it to be about God, but I think it inevitably ends up being about yourself. I just, I don't know that there's a way to like, to reconcile that. And I know I've said that before and people have been like, that's not true. Um, you know, there's, I've gotten like one or two heated discussions with other Christian figure competitors. And I was Mm -hmm. like, I'm sorry. I just, I do think that it's a very self-centered, self-glorifying sport. Mm -hmm. We were chatting about, so we were talking about our perspectives on bodybuilding and how they've changed. And, um, I think a really, just valuable golden nugget that you mentioned is like evaluating where you're at with God and is what I'm doing honoring and glorifying to him. And so for me, that's going to be different than for you, even though our journeys align in a lot of ways. 
Um, and I think we have very similar perspectives on things, but like really taking that time to pray about decisions before we just make a decision because it's what we want to do. Because exactly what you said, like I find myself getting so easily enticed into the fitness world and making that my identity and that my sole purpose. Like I see that as basically everything about me as a fitness competitor or a bodybuilder or a coach or whatever. And it's like stripping down actually like what is the core of my identity? And if it's not found in Christ, then Mm -hmm. I'm idolizing something else. And so that individual real evaluation that being real with God, like, okay, am I doing this because I'm selfish and because I want self-glorification because I want attention? Or am I actually making decisions to glorify and honor God and each person that's going to be different? And a lot of times, you know, the reality is things we do, even if it's ministry, is it because we want people to look at us or is it actually because we are working to to glorify God, whatever you do, you know, looking at scripture. And actually today I was reading through um, Ephesians and I think it was Ephesians six. I can't remember now, but um, just so good where Paul was talking about, like, doesn't matter if your work is for your, you know, talking about masters and servants, like we're not working for other people. We're not working to please other people. We're not working for the approval of others, we are truly working for God. And so evaluating and taking that sober look at what we're doing, is that for myself or is it actually for God and where he's placing me in his purposes and his eternal kingdom? Or is it for myself and my, my popularity and my attention? And, and a lot of times our conclusions, if we actually spend prayerful time in that, I think will God will reveal what the truth is a lot of times we just don't like hearing it <laughs> i yeah. found that yeah. like even even good things yeah you know they're yeah. just they're not always god things it's yeah. good things can become an idol Absolutely. it's all about your heart position and the way in which yeah. you're approaching it you know i Absolutely. i don't think bodybuilding is bad like i i don't think that at all i think the way that i was approaching it was and the way that it was polluting me and my mind and my worth and my identity like that. Yes, that I think it was, but you know, I just, I do. I think it's important to always be stepping back and looking at the why behind why, you know, you're doing what you're doing, you know, is it for me or is it for God? And more importantly, you know, Am I even giving God and allowing him the space that he needs to even work something else into my life? You know, when we set all our plans and we make all our goals and we decide what we're going to do, like how much room are we really giving him to interrupt us, to inconvenience us, to, Mm -hmm. you know, speak to us? I just, I don't know. I, I just definitely, I definitely have a different perspective about it. And I just think for me, it, it just positions, it puts me in a precarious position. Um, and even now, I mean, cause I, I am still, you know, I still do train. I still do do all the things. Right. I, Cliff is still my coach. I'm still a coach myself and I still have to be very careful about mm-hmm. watching what I watch and, and constantly checking myself and constantly reminding myself that 
my worth is not in my weight or in how right. I look or in what I lift or in any of, in any of that. It's nothing at the end of the day um, compared to who I really belong to and my identity as his and Amen. learning how to put that identity first before anything else. Cause you know, mm-hmm. we can identify with lots of things, you know, yeah. like for my husband, he, he identifies a lot with his job. Mm-hmm. That's his idol. He constantly has to work against that. You know, some people identify as being parents. They identify as being a mom or they identify as being a wife. You know, I am a mm-hmm. wife. And it's like, so you just, you have to be really careful because those are all good things like families and jobs. And those are all wonderful things, but they can still take this seat above Christ if we aren't careful. Right. And so I just think you have to just constantly yeah. be like, constantly be checking, checking mm-hmm. yourself. So. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's so natural for us to be so like selfish and self consumed, you know, and obviously we're human and like God knows that. And he, I think the thing that's so cool and what I'm hearing from your story is like, it's like against all odds, God still pursued you so lovingly and passionately. And like, sometimes when you were speaking about just the situations that you were in and like the relationship where you, you know, were praying and then God removed someone out of your life. And when you were saying that, I was just thinking about like just situations that I've been in and like situations where I wondered like, why didn't this work out, especially in like the dating realm? Like, why didn't this work out with this person or this person? And I'm like, God's hand was in it because we're not always going to see that you know, just living here on earth. But then sometimes though, we do get to see it. And when we step back and we get to see like, wow, God, thank you so much. Yeah. Like sometimes, I mean, I, I guess I related more to like people that I dated and stuff. And I'm like, Lord, thank you so much that I did not end up with this person, especially if I run across them later in life or on social media or whatever. And I'm like, Lord, because this person would have pulled me further from you and not brought me closer to you. And it's like, I thought I knew what I wanted. Like I, I thought that this was the relationship that I wanted or whatever it was. And I'm like, Lord, like your hand was in this, like you protect me. Or even like when I think about doing business with certain people, I'm like, you know, Lord, thank you for stripping that person out of my life. And God like has aggressively come in and taken, I'm sure all of us out of situations that we thought we knew what was best for us because I mean, we're, you know, our egos as humans are so huge, but I'm like, Lord, thank you for coming in and and being somewhat ruthless in that process of like ripping people out of my lives or ripping certain idols out of my life and things like that. I'm like, it's just so amazing to hear. And it's so encouraging because, you know, I think sometimes in those situations, that's when the devil thinks that he can come in and creep in and be like, oh, see, see, like God doesn't want good things for you. But the same thing of Adam and Eve, like in the garden, it's like, no, God only wants the best for you. So if you're walking in his truth and, and following him, you're, yes, you're going to go through hard things because that is what the Christian life you know, holds, but like, at least God's going to be in it with you. And eventually that is going to turn into something good because everything that God you know, has for us, he's going to turn it into good and, and all the glory is going to go back to him. And I think at the end of the day, when all the glory goes back to God, people can't deny his, him. Like you can't, when you see in all these things that your life had, you know, that God has done brought you to this point, you can't be like, Oh no, I did all of this. You know, there's just no way, especially as Christians, we get to realize that. And like, you know, and it's a very humbling experience, I think as well, because 
we, we don't do anything for ourselves. Like we are so useless. Like humans are so useless apart from Christ. Like we're just, we're useless. Like I've realized that time and time again, I'm like, I have nothing good to offer. Even if I'm trying to be the best person or a good person or whatever, like I have nothing good to offer out of my selfishness and my just wants to please myself and my natural, my human nature. I have nothing good to offer outside of God. Like you know, and I, I hope that people realize that even in, even if you have the best intentions, like it's always selfish intentions, always. So I think, and in listening to what you were just saying too, you know, when you were saying like when bad things happen. So I think sometimes too, and especially in my own life, you know, we have to remember that God is not concerned with our comfort or our convenience. Mm. He's concerned with our character and making us like mm -hmm. Christ. So what we perceive as bad in our mm -hmm. own human understanding is not always perceived as bad to God. He mm -hmm. has a very specific purpose. You know, if I think about my own life, you know, there was a point where I was really struggling in my marriage. Mm. My marriage made me more like Christ. Mm. I watched my husband come to Christ. Like mm. I saw God work in my marriage. I saw God mm. hold me to my husband when everything else should have held us apart. Yeah. My health issues, um, mm. you know, in at the end of 2022 i chose isaiah um 43:19 for my 2023 mm. verse mm. which is the one where it says for i'm about to do something new do you not see it i'm going to put a river through the and i just i prayed i said you know god just do something new in my life and i am not even lying january 1st i got my period after 12 years of not wow. having a period i got my period oh wow Funny thing is, is one of my closest friends is another coach. She's another practitioner. She's like, what did you do to get it back? And I was like, I didn't, I prayed <laughs> and I got my period and wow. it stinks. I remember how much it stinks. Now I have it. And I'm like, I don't want it. Take it back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like, I wow. think I had to go through yeah. all of, I had to, I had such a control issue that I had to go mm -hmm. through all those years of not having control over my body to remember who really has control, mm -hmm. you know, like I just, I feel like what we go through a lot of times we perceive it as bad, but God has a beautiful purpose in absolutely everything that he does. And he, he doesn't yeah. waste a thing. Pain yeah. has a purpose, like nothing gets yeah. wasted. So even mm -hmm. if it feels bad in the moment, you just, I think oftentimes we have to say, God's got a very specific reason for this. There is something in my life mm -hmm. that he is working out. Mm. He's working out something through me. He's sanctifying something in me. And, you know, we just have, we have to sit with that discomfort because that's not his concern. He's trying to make yeah. us more like Christ. Yeah. And to make somebody more like Christ means you're going to go through some stuff that just does not feel good. Like yeah. there's no ways around it. Mm. And, you know, it looks different for every single one of us, but I feel yeah. like, I feel like for me, he had to do certain things in my life yeah. to pull me out of that whole, like, the only thing that matters is how I look and what I mm -hmm. lift and how, mm -hmm. I am and how much attention I get on social media from my competition posts and all that crap. It's crap. <laughs> you know, it is such hindsight. <laughs> even, even yeah. now I realized yeah. I, you know, the other day I posted, um, 
just like a, a post gym selfie, which there's totally nothing wrong with it. But after I posted it, I, you know, I messaged Brittany and I said, you know, I even get convicted sometimes posting selfies anymore because I'm like, I'm posting it. And, and then I'm like, and what is that really about? Cause that's a slippy slope. Uh, I think. Yeah, a selfie yeah. is a what? It's a selfie self. So I just mm-hmm. think like, you know, I'm just so much more aware of it now than I right. used to be. Like, Absolutely. and I just, you know, just want to take care, I think. And even just emphasize it to other women too, who are in the industry and who are in the sport or who are in like sports, because I coach a lot of women who are runners or who are weightlifters or who are powerlifters. And it's like, then their worth is in what they lift and, how, you know, and how they perform. And it's like, oh, like you are yeah. worth so much more than that the most unstable foundation to try to root Mm. yourself Mm. so true yeah well that is awesome um well thank you so yeah thank you so much for just sharing uh, this conversation honestly i feel like i needed it too Yes. So definitely. thank you for sharing your testimony and um, where can people find you on social media and for our listeners who want to follow you and yeah, uh, look up your services. Yeah. So I'm most active on Instagram probably. Um, it's at Allison Farnbach. I was finally able to change it, change my name. It took me like forever to change my name. Um, Cause I didn't even change my name legally for like the longest time. I was so slow with that. Um, but so it's at Allison <laughs> It's at Allison Farnbach on Instagram. Um, And then my website is revivewellness.health. Awesome.